Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West, the North Salt Lake City. North Salt Lake City. Joined by the chairman, Brian Hunsaker. How are we doing, Brian? We're doing good. It's been a while. It's been a while. You're out. I'm out. You're out. I'm out. But I'm glad we finally get to sit down and talk about a great subject. A subject that a lot of people have asked about that we do a podcast on. So before we get to that, what that subject is, let's hit where we are year to date. Sounds right cool. now, year to date, the S&P is up 14.14%. So 14%. The NASDAQ is up 34, almost 35%. Hmm. That's a pretty good year. Really good year. For both markets. Trailing 12 months, S&P 500 up 1.56%, and the NASDAQ up 7.96%. I probably shouldn't ask this, but uh, what's the Dow up this year? Do you know? I don't even track the Dow. Uh, yeah. yeah. Don't even look at the Dow. Yeah. It's irrelevant. <laughs> you know? Yeah. S&P, NASDAQ, Russell. It's irrelevant when it comes to an index, but it is interesting because uh, the Dow does capture a kind of a different you know, market. And uh, I know it's lagging severely this year, the, the S&P oh, yeah. and the yeah. NASDAQ. Yeah. 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 Yep. And, and our clients, I think our clients know their returns year to date and trailing 12 months. So I'm sure they'll be pretty happy with with the comparison but we we have come off the highs quite a bit not quite a bit that's not fair but at one point the s&p 500 was up 20 percent on the year now we're up 14 percent. so it's come down a little bit uh, which is to be expected as you know brian i like looking at history of the stock market and august typically probability wise is the second worst month of the year in a normal calendar year. Guess what the worst month is? Oh, you just told me. I told you. <laughs> September. I know, yeah. September's the worst month. So the volatility, the 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 up 20 now up 14% makes total sense. Yeah. If you look at coming off of a bear market new bull market and just the historical nature of bull markets it makes total sense it makes sense that it also makes sense uh when you think about the psychology of markets and and just in a here in the US we start it seems like we start out the year with optimism and hope for the, you know good a new year yep then summer comes and the summer doldrums and, and that's what we go through and there's not a whole yep. lot happening during the summer and then we get you know a lot of People get back from summer vacations and things, and they start reevaluating their portfolios. So that's why September's the worst month of the year, because after Labor Day, you get all your portfolio managers home from their lake houses or wherever they are, right? Yeah, and they clean house in September, getting ready for the last quarter of the year, which blows my mind. Yeah, how how people and hedge funds and these portfolio managers clean house. It makes zero sense to me. Mm -hmm. But you said earlier, well, they're window dressing. Yeah. What do you mean by that, these portfolio managers? So it, we, uh, investments, uh, every quarter, money managers have to report on their holdings. 
And also they get quarterly, their clients get quarterly statements and September's the, the third end of the third quarter of the year and September 30th. And their window dressing basically says that, uh, portfolio managers are trying to make their portfolio, you know, look, look better, look better. They're going to have, they yeah. want to sell their losers, buy more of their winners. So they, oh yeah, he bought this, you know, this stock, this stock's done well. Yep. And, uh, which is kind of silly, but it does yep. happen. It ha Well, that's why September is the worst month of the year because you get these portfolio managers. And I can just see it. We, the 13 F is what it's called. Yeah. That, then Katie knows all too well, right? Um, 13 Fs, and they report the changes to the portfolio or what they've done. And we research these quite a bit, you know, find new ideas and see what others are up to. And I promise you, in October, after this third quarter, we're going to see as these portfolio managers clean house and the market continues to pull back a little bit, we're going to see new AI plays yeah. <laughs> because that's the hot thing. Mm -hmm. I better put that in. So my clients think I have AI. Right. Right. And all that kind of stuff. It's dumb. It's silly. It's yeah. dumb. Yeah. So expect more volatility, uh, over the next couple months. It's normal. We're not worried about it. In fact, we're excited about it, which leads us to the topic of today. Uh, we've addressed fear a lot over the last, well, ever since we've been doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. We've had, last year I think was the biggest bear market that we've had, the longest bear market, and we talked about fear. You know, what to do when the market's falling. Don't sell, buy. Mm -hmm. But we've never addressed fear in a rising market. And so that's what, that's what we want to talk about today. The S&P 500 was up 20%. And it brings up another fear. I mean, before we get into that, yeah. why do we talk about fear so much? Because it causes people to, to do dumb things. Yeah. And it is an, an emotion that all of us have, right? We're hardwired to have fear in our lives. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And to act on that fear, whatever right. that may be. And the, psych you know, the psychology... Uh, aspect of investing is you wouldn't think it would from an outside point of view, you'd say, well, what does that matter? But it actually plays a big role in the success of, of, of investors. Yep. And unfortunately, and, and, and it usually plays a, a role that really detracts from uh, investment performance. And that's why we talk about it a lot because yeah. people, allow their emotions um, to take control of their financial decisions. And that's usually a mistake. And that's why we talk about it a lot. Nick Murray, one of my favorite authors or portfolio managers or writers, whatever you want to call them in our, in our world says behavioral finance is the key to making money. Yeah to not interrupt the compounding effect of your money. So when we talk about fear on the upside, you're 100% right. It's because of that behavioral finance, that psychology. But there's a fear that has an acronym, and I want you to explain this acronym. It's called FOMO. Mm -hmm. What does FOMO mean? Fear of missing out. 
What does that mean? Just uh, it means that uh, you're fearful of not getting a great investment returns. You, you see the market going up. You see, you talk to your neighbor next door, and he says, "Oh yeah, I bought." Uh, you know, Microsoft or, you know, or some stock with its AI, uh, so has an AI association. Huh. I bought it earlier this year and I'm making great money. And so the guy says, what, well, you know, I need, I don't want to miss out on that. I better go buy it or, yeah. and, uh, not to pick on Microsoft. We love Microsoft, but, but uh, it's it, but it's any stock it's meta slash Facebook. Right. We still call it Facebook yeah. NVIDIA. It's the market up 20%. It's when that happens and somebody is sitting on cash, there's a fear that they will miss out. Yeah. I've already missed out on 20%. I'm, I'm crap. It's, it's a natural um, thought process when markets are going up to want to participate, want to jump in. Usually, it's a lot of times you're jumping in after the market's you know gone up a yeah. lot, and vice versa. Um, there's the same tendency when markets are going down. We didn't, we didn't, you know, most people aren't calling us last year and saying, "Hey, I want to buy, I want to buy, I want." Even though we we talk about that all the time. That when markets are down, that's that's usually a great opportunity to buy great businesses. But again, the psychology, yeah. most people aren't doing that. And when you think of FOMO, recently there's been, you know, you, you could say FOMO two years ago, three years ago in SPAC investments, FOMO in cryptocurrencies. And FOMO, you know, if you invest at the wrong time, can be very detrimental to your creation of wealth. But when you're talking about the market as a whole at 20%, uh, how do you, how would you address FOMO for people? Or what would you tell them if they said, hey, market's up 20%, I've got all this cash, I'm missing out, what should I do, Brian? I'd say send us the cash and let us follow our process. Which is what? So. Those that you have that have listened to this podcast know, but those that are relatively new, and I'll well, we'll remind you. But uh, our process is really a four-step process of how we put money to work, how we invest clients' assets, how we invest our own assets. We always tell our customers that we eat our own cooking. What we do for you, we are going to do for ourselves. I which we do. If if. If I was the customer, this is how I'd want my money managed. That's ultimately why we started Iron Gate 20 plus years ago is to apply this process. But it's a four-step process that we've learned from great investors. One of them is Warren Buffett. Uh, this is a process that we've copied and kind of adapted to our own approach. But the number one uh, principle that we utilize is we don't invest in anything we don't understand. We think that's a really smart uh, thing to to yeah, follow. If you don't get it, if you don't get it, it don't don't invest. I mean, just think about it. If if you don't understand something, you're investing is probably a sure way to lose money. Then the risk is 
twice, three right. times. Because you don't understand times. why you own it. Yep. So if it goes down, you're more likely to sell it, even though that may be, a, it might be right, but it may be a mistake. You don't know yeah. because you don't know anything about it. Yeah. So that's a, it's a big that's... mistake. Number two is we try to identify companies and businesses that have durable competitive advantages, durable meaning long lasting mm -hmm. uh, advantages. And, and again, you think about the opposite, doing the opposite, investing in businesses or investments that don't have competitive edges, that looks like a sure way to lose money over That's time. Just, yep, enhances the risk even more. And then the third process, the third thing is uh, we look for managers that run these businesses that are smart, that are honest, that we trust. You think about investing or having managers of a business that you don't trust, that aren't smart, that aren't honest, that don't work hard. You don't want those, you know, you don't want those people. No. So that's logical. And the last thing is price. You know, what is the right price to pay for a business? This is, so the first three we identify, then we sit on it and we don't do anything until this fourth one is in place. Yeah. And that fourth one is, state that again. It's uh, price, you know, what, and so what we do is we, we calculate and we look at a lot of data, create, crunch a lot of numbers and do a lot of thinking about a business. You and I were talking about a business yesterday. We've been talking about it for months and months and months about this business. We haven't pulled the trigger. Um, yep. We're still, in fact, I was just listening to an interview with the CEO just a minute ago, yeah. trying to determine if it's a portfolio that first of all, ha has all those three characteristics, but then the last one is price. Now, the price is actually crossed over where we think that is it's an attractive price, um, but we're just making sure that those first three principles were right on that. So we think about these things a lot. And like I say, like I said earlier, um, this is we're also investing our money alongside, if we decide to invest in this business, we're investing our money alongside yours. So we're very careful so, about that. So the fourth one price, about three weeks ago, we had maybe two stocks in our buy range. Mm -hmm. Now we've got five. Yeah, half a dozen maybe. Four in our buy range. As the market pulls back, which it oftentimes does, it that allows does. us to put money to work. To put money to work. And so our process is very simple. We research, we analyze all month long. And then the last week of the month, we look at our look at the investment opportunities and we put money to work on those businesses that we want to buy, including mm -hmm. the one you were talking about that we haven't pulled the trigger yet, that we're close, that we may or may not. May or may not. Um, and so that's what we do. The market up 20%. In a year, that's that's a good return. That that probably won't provide as many opportunities as the market down five percent or ten percent. Right, right. We're almost market agnostic. We don't care. It's hey, when this business is on sale, we're going to buy it. Right. That's the discipline. Yeah, yeah. We just we just follow our process, follow our discipline. How boring is that? Well, it's boring, but it works. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, I mean. I trade options. That's a little, but it's all based on the same yeah. stocks that we're analyzing and right. the same prices and everything. So it's all, 
it's all and you have a process too when it comes to options i mean it, yep. it has to meet certain criteria before you do it otherwise you walk away from yep. you know a trade it has to yep returns same thing. and probabilities and price that we want to buy and yeah all sorts of stuff and so when you're buying a business you want to pay a low price so if you have money if you have cash you you'd rather pay you know, on a stock, let's say it's trading at 50 or at 60, I'd rather pay 50 for a stock as opposed to 60. If I can, I'd rather pay a lower price. So yeah. having the market down and if you have cash is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. And, you know, I, I'm mo mostly invested. I mean, I have, you know, personally, I'm not, I, I really don't sit on a lot of cash. I put it to work. If I have cash that I'm not going to need for the next several years, I usually invest it. I mean, I not usually. I always invest. Always invest it as it as your process but, dictates. But at, with the process, yes. you know, with the process. So, you know, and when we talk about price, the last thing on our list, you know, price is, uh, you know, takes some number crunching. We're looking at the balance sheet. We're looking at the income statement, the revenue. We're looking at historical numbers. We're looking forward to trying to understand the business. What will growth look like? What will future profitability look like, say three, four, five, ten, you know, 10 years down the road and saying, what's a fair price for this business based on, you know, where this stock is, what this stock has done in the past regarding profits and what it will look like in the future. And we're trying to, we come up with what we call intrinsic value and we want to buy that business at a discount to its intrinsic value, the fair value of that business. And you know what? You know what's required. Uh, one one characteristic that's required to be disciplined. And if a client comes in and says, "Hey, the market's up twenty percent. Why am I thirty percent in cash?" It's a darn p word that we all hate, and it ends with patience. <laughs> it's patience, yeah. and that is so hard when you see the market going up. But we know we've built Iron Gate on it which is if we're patient and we wait and it's not that we won't adjust our buy range because we will but we follow our process and people will accomplish their goals yeah just be patient i mean if if i would you know if somebody's interested they could look up our 13f go to it's a website called whale wisdom and and type in i think you have to type in amazon hunsaker, amazon hunsaker. but if you type in type in Hunsaker, you'll, you'll find our 13 F yeah. and you'll see our portfolio and you'll see when we bought the stock, our average cost basis, approximately these are estimates, but you can see that we are patient investors. We're not window dressing is what you're saying. We're not. I mean, we're absolutely not. We're, we're buying yeah. businesses. We're being patient, you know, and if I have a client come to me and say, Ask, you know, that same thing. Well, you know, I got 30% cash and the market's going up. Say, just relax. We're in this for the long game, in the long, for the long term. Yeah. And a few months here and there is not going to ultimately make a huge difference. And so just be patient with this. Markets go up, markets go down. Over time, they go up, but. In between, it's it's like a little yo-yo guy walking up the steps. And he's got a yo-yo. It's like following that yo-yo, but ultimately the market's going up over time. From lower left, upper right. right. So, in a bear market, when we when when clients are fully invested, right? Because the buying opportunities are there in the why market. Am I, why am I fully invested? <laughs> um, yeah. Why am I fully invested? Our response to them is 
be patient. You're going to be okay. Yeah. In a market where it it's very, very bullish. Why am I not invested? The response is... Be patient. Be patient. Always be patient. We'll get you there. That is, that is a very key ingredient to success when you're, when you're an investor is patience. Yeah. So to the FOMO, to the, to the fear of missing out, um, psychological, I don't know what we want to call it, barrier or, or obstacle, how do we overcome that? It's that P word. Yeah. Let me yeah. let me just mention one thing. Yeah. I had I had a client uh, call me earlier this week, and he is hearing from you know so called experts, which we hear we predicting a market correction, predicting you know a bear market. We heard yeah. a lot of that. In fact, at the end of the year, after a bear market, you actually hear more of that Oof. talk. But now the markets. You know, has a, it's not making all-time highs, but some stocks are getting close to all-time highs. You start to hear the same sort of thing a little bit, saying, "Oh, the market's near a high. You know, prepare for the next bear market." Or, and I would, you know, I, I just think that it's silly to listen to these these people. They're always out there. It's like, you know, some guy on the corner that's screaming to the top of his lungs every day, and every once in a while, the guy's right, and. uh so even a broken clock is right yeah, twice a day. Twice a day. So I yeah. I think it's silly. We I've heard them f for the last thirty plus years. Yeah, uh, I've gotten accustomed to it, and I just ignore that. And that's been the, a very good decision to ignore these guys because they don't know what they're talking about. They absolutely don't know the, whether or not the market's going to correct or not. They they were pre predicting big corrections at the end of this last year. 3, even more. Yeah. 3,200. Okay. Were they yes, right? They've yeah. been absolutely wrong. So yeah. they don't, absolutely don't know. So, but, so here's, here's an interesting statistic. After a 20% decline in the S&P 500, Bear market. That's a bear market. Yeah. The next bull market, on average, over the next 24 months, has at least four, five plus percent pullbacks slash corrections. They're going to come. Oh, yeah. That's just, we're seeing it right now. People jump on it then and then try to freak you out. There's fear on the other side that, hey, you better go in cash because this is coming to a head. This is when these guys start yelling a little louder. Or selling when, annuities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, when, this, when this sort of, when this happens, yeah. this is when you, they start yelling a little louder, like, hey, be, it's just starting, you know, beware. So fear on both sides, fear of market crashes, fear of missing out on good returns. Brian, what do we do? You ignore it. And be patient. Patience. Patience. <laughs> yeah. Hope that helps. If there's any time where you feel that FOMO feeling or fear of the market crashing or whatever, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We're happy to jump on the phone. And I, I always say, and so does Brian and Spencer and everybody else, part of our job is that of financial counselor, right? Meaning, hey, we'll counsel you through good times and bad. Uh, psychologists call it that. Coach. Coach. Whatever you want to call. Yeah. Be patient. Be patient and uh, don't get too hung up on short-term numbers. I mean, you got to think about it in, you know, I, I always think about three, five, uh, three, five, ten years from now and 
I feel very good about our portfolio looking I do too. looking to the future, um, long term future, couple years, two three years from now. I feel very good, and uh, so I always I remain optimistic, and I love our portfolio. I love the businesses we own, and that's what you need to focus on. Yep, three, five, ten years requires patience. Patience. Amen. Amen. Until next time. Bye now. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.